Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Quickly, just, I think, like three quick scriptures that go right with what the Spirit of God is doing. Everybody say there's healing in the Word. Say it again. Your perspective of the Word needs to be ever-changing to the point that you are viewing the Word as something that's supernatural. You have no other book like it in your library. There's no other book like it on the earth. In the Word of God is not only revealed the power to save mankind from the fall. Amen. It's not only revealed, it's demonstrated. Because through knowledge of the Word of God, you can be saved. Same thing is true of healing. I tell you, listen church, I do believe in my spirit. That's why I think this is our second year. Second year, Frank, that we've been doing this on just divine healing. Second year, we're into go, fixing to go into our third year, I think. You say, why? Because I'm telling you, we're going to have to be dependent on the Spirit of God to get healed and stay healed in the days ahead. Amen. Uh, not, nothing against medicine, doctors, anything like that. But we're coming into a day and an hour in which the demand on medicine is going to be so great that somebody's going to have to rise up and walk in divine health. This, this, the words of this book have healing power. Isn't that cool? The words of this book have healing power. I remember uh, the first time I heard T.L. Osborne speak. T.L. Osborne, for you that don't know, him and his wife were powerful worldwide evangelists. They traveled all over the world and they spoke to huge crowds up to 250 to a half million people. 250,000 to a half million people. Amen. And he was in India and he was preaching in an area which was very, uh, uh, how, how could you say, it was, it was very, uh, there was a lot of resistance to the preaching of the gospel. And this is where the Sikhs in India live. Sikhs are very proud men. They're very tall. They wear the big turbans on their heads. You know, they're just, they were very fierce back in the Middle, in the middle Ages. And so these Sikhs had come together in a conspiracy to expose him as a fraud. And so they wore their, their big traditional robes and they put whips under their robes. And they were going to whip him. They were going to whip him and run him, run him out of town. And they, and they grabbed a poor little old beggar woman, a blind beggar woman, couldn't see. And their plan was to throw her up on the stage. And when she didn't get healed, they were going to shame Dr. Osborne and take those whips and whip him and run him out of town. So they took that poor woman. She didn't even know what was going on. Took her and threw her on the stage. And guess what happened? She got healed. All of those, there were 12 men that were in that conspiracy. All of those men got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost during the ministry today. Years later, when they were in a hotel room with Brother Osborne, they asked him, Brother Osborne asked their testimony. They said, what is your story? And they told the story that I just told. But they said this, when we were conspiring to expose you as a fraud, and to expose this healing message that you preach is false, we did agree, all of us, that you had some kind of power. But we knew that it wasn't you. We knew it was in that book you carried around. <laughs> Isn't it cool that even the heathen can see that? Amen. Now, in Proverbs, go to Proverbs real quick. We're going to look at three quick scriptures. 
Proverbs, and I want us to see this tonight. First of all, they're in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, first of all. My, my, there is powerful anointing in here right now. Man. You know, if you're ever in a service where you sense a tangible anointing, many times that tangibility that God's allowing you to experience is His open invitation for you to reach up and receive what you need from God. I've said in meetings before that I was not conducting at all. And, and the anointing of God would just come on me and I'd just receive from God. I'd just begin to say, thank you, Father. I believe I receive. It's mine and Jesus. It's amazing what you can do in an atmosphere in which the Spirit of God is moving. Amen. Now in Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3, they're in verse, uh, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And it shall be health to thy navel and morrow to thy bones. Listen to it in the Amplified Bible says. Lean on, trust in, be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge Him, and He will direct and make you and make straight and plain your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord, and turn entirely away from evil. And it shall be health to your nerves and sinews, and marrow and moistening to your bones. Now, we could get our doctors and medical experts up here, and they could, they could explain to you exactly medically what that means. But that's literally a reviving of health in your body. A restoring of things that may have been broken down by a disease, a sickness, an injury. Some infirmity that, infirmity that may have come upon your body. Now, we've been really praying. I said this early. We've been really praying and standing in agreement with every person that is believing for a total manifestation of a healing from what we call these life diseases. High blood pressure. Asthma. Diabetes. Arthritis. All these types of things. I, I'd say it like this to you uh, as a church. Listen, church, if you're having to take a medication for some type of condition and you've taken that medication for quite a while, it's time to go ahead and believe you received the fullness of your healing. Amen. Now, it may be a fight of faith, and it will be, but here's the good news. Every time you sit in an atmosphere like this and the Word of God is taught, more and more healing is going into you than sickness and disease. It's driving that sickness and disease out of you. I don't know why God told Naaman to dip seven times, but sometimes you need more than just one dip. Amen. I thank God for those great times of healing when healing moves and gifts of the Spirit, manifestations of the power of God, signs and wonders. Thank God for that and we enjoy that. But here's the thing. We've got to keep ourselves healed. I said we've got to keep ourselves healed. Let me read it to you in the, here in the, uh, in the Passion Bible. Trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you, and He will lead you in every decision that you make. Now let me say this. With the great doctrines of our covenant, number one and most important, salvation. Secondly, the empowerment of the believer, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The church, that's a revelation. Jesus said, upon, the, uh, upon who I am, the revelation of who I am in you, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
Amen? In understanding these, the, the, these great doctrines, we must understand healing is one of those. It's in the package of salvation, the sotos, the Greek word, which literally means healing, preservation, soundness, safety, and deliverance. Amen? And, and when you begin to realize that Jesus is just as much of your healer as he is your savior, then you will begin to see yourself as healed as you are saved. And the, and the whole word of God and the doctrine of healing as God has placed it in the word is designed to change your mindset literally so that you literally speak and think yourself healed. You say, think and speak? Yeah, that's how it works. What you believe in your heart, what you confess with your mouth. I like what Paul said when he was being questioned by one of those, one of those kings or rulers there in the book of Acts. He said, I think myself happy. Sometimes you just got to think yourself happy. I'm about to think myself happy. Glory to God, there's such a sweet anointing in here. I'll find the words here again. It will lead you in every decision you make. Be intimate with Him in whatever you do, and He will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore Him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find healing, refreshment, your body and spirit long for. Then, you know, the next one... The next verse connected to it is glorify God with your wealth. Isn't that amazing that God connects those two things in that scripture? But we're looking at healing tonight. Amen? So you, the, the, the point I'm trying, instead of just getting on healing by his stripes, we, we love all that, we preach all that. I, I'm, I'm trying to bring you to, a, to an attitude of life that is health and healthy. Amen? An attitude of life in which you're living life in such... Listen, let me help you real quick with this because this will really help you living in the last days. Living a life in which you just don't really take things so seriously. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, number one, you, you have to have some type of aspect of being heavenly minded but still retaining your earthly good. Amen. I don't know about you lately, I've been just having these experiences of just feeling like the glory of God is here in such a way that I've never experienced. The only way I can describe it is I feel closer to heaven or to the reality of Christ. Feel that way, not by faith. Thank God by faith I'm there, amen? But I have felt that way, an uplifting or an upsurging of the Spirit that's bringing the close church closer to the heart of God, closer to the heart of the Father. So God echoes His Word in our spirit so that it might be His voice speaking to us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't try to figure it all figure it out. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He's the one doing it. He's the one blessing. He's the one that's doing what He's doing. Amen? The Bible says it's going to be healthy for you. Now, with that in mind, go real quick. How's my time? I'm doing good. Go to, go to chapter 15. Chapter 15. Yeah, that's the, that's the one I'm looking for. Chapter 15. Let's go to the King James first. There in verse 13.
just this one verse. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Notice what it says. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. So you can tell. Amen. You can tell. Now, I know, listen, I know that there's always people around that have this kind of look on their face. <laughs> Amen. Like, like you know, it's, it's like, you know they care, you know they love you, you know they'll bless you, but they're just, they're just kind of like in another world. They're like, God is so good. Oh, I love God. And you say, what do you mean by that? It's literally a relationship with God that goes on in your life in such a way that when you get around other people, it elevates their relationship with God. Amen. And many times that manifests in joy and in happiness and in laughter and in things that, that, that you know, you may see as extremely serious, but as you get into the Word of God and see the answers that God has provided, you realize that we're not out in the world confused about what's going on. We know exactly what's going on, which relieves a lot of the agitation and pressure because most people are deathly afraid because they don't know what's going on and they don't know what's going to happen. And they've heard things about church and, and, and raptures and catching aways and second coming. But the church is so goofy, they don't want nothing to do with it. Until they start seeing some people that are full of the joy of God. I remember we were in a meeting in Ireland. And we were staying at a bed and breakfast. My dad was with us. My mom wasn't on that trip, but my dad was with us. And about three or four other Holy Ghost drunks about what they were. And so we was coming and going in this bed and breakfast. It was a wonderful little Irish family, a man, his wife, and two children. And now we weren't the only ones there. We had half of it, but people were going in the other half. And after about three or four days of us being there, the, the, the owner of the, of the bed and breakfast came to my dad and said, I need to talk to you. And so they go in and they sit down at the kitchen table. And this man begins to say, who are you? Who are you people? He said, for our, for our whole life, he said, our, this house has been passed down in our family. We have taken in travelers. And everybody comes in and goes out, goes out and gets drunk in the pubs and comes in. And they're all mean and nasty and sick. And they're all, they get up in the morning, they're all mad. He says, you guys, I don't know what y'all have been drinking or what y'all have been doing, but y'all are happy all the time. And my dad just smiled. And that night... That man and that woman came to the meeting, got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and joined that church. Not because of what they heard, but because of what they saw. They saw a different countenance. And they know you can, you can tell on somebody's countenance whether it's the Holy Ghost or some old devil ghost. <laughs> amen. Some old devil spirit. Amen. Now notice this. I read down a little bit and I noticed, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but sorrow of the heart... The, by, by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. Now notice, notice this. All of the days of, 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 the, of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. 
I don't care what you're going through. You can have a continual feast of a merry heart in your life. Oh, Pastor Rusty, the, the road has been rocky and uphill. It's been raining the whole time. Okay, we've all been down that road. But it's going to turn around if you'll stay on it and keep moving forward. And one of the best ways to accelerate your progress up the rocky hill and over the top into the blessing of God is to develop a merry heart on the inside of you. Not by, not by what's going on in your life, but by what the Word of God is speaking to your heart. And many times the fight in the physical realm is tough because your body will tell you, I'm sick. I'm in pain. I'm hurt. I need, I need treatment. I need medication. That's the time in which you understand how worship and praise with the Word of God in your mouth activates that salvation on the inside of you which is infused with healing power. And the proof that it's working in you that you truly believe you receive is you have a merry heart. Because you know in whom you believed. And you know that He's able to keep that which you've delivered. What did you deliver? You delivered the word back to him and he watches over his word to perform it. One more scripture, last one. Go to verse... Uh, let me find it here. I believe it's verse 15. Three, four, five, yeah. Verse 15, all the days of the afflicted are evil. But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. That's not the one I'm looking for. I got another one. Oh, this is in chapter. I'm in the wrong chapter here. Let me find it. Let me find it. Hold on. I got it. Verse 13, I'm sorry. Is it verse 13? Yeah. Well, that's the one I just read. That's not the one I'm looking for. Let me read it in the Amplified. A glad heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Everybody say broken. The mind of him that hath understanding seeks knowledge and inquires after and craves it, but the mouth of the self-confident fool feeds on folly. You know what that means to feed on folly, don't you? On foolishness. All the days of the desponding and the afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and the foreboding. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast. Now notice how it ends in the Amplified. Regardless of circumstances. Amen. Maybe I got it on the next page. Where's the one that says a merry heart doeth good like a medicine? It's right here. Verse 15. Which one is it? Verse 17? Chapter 17, that's where it was. I had it marked and pulled my marker out. <laughs> Get happy. Amen. There it is. Verse 22. Chapter 17. Now notice this. A merry heart 
doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. We made a, Lee and I made a comment about an actor we saw the other day who's uh, uh, probably about our age. And they have that type of arthritis that just makes their hands just go, kind of go sideways. Did you know many times, we've ministered to people many times that have that type, it's because they're bitter over something in life and their bones are literally drying up. They've gotten into some offense and, and they're not forgiving and, not, and they just, if you really sit down and start talking to them, they're just bitter over something and it's drying up their bones. But the Bible says a merry heart doeth what? Good like a medicine. Let's look at that in the Amplified. Verse 22. A happy heart is a good medicine and a cheerful mind works healing, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Let's see what... Mr. Passion Bible says. I've got it marked in all. A joyful, cheereth, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Now, you know, you can take that phrase, broken heart, and, and apply that in so many different ways. People get discouraged, their hearts get broken. They get disappointed. You ever been disappointed in something? Just hurt you? Offended? Something just hurt you? And you know, your heart, all of us have suffered a broken heart. But remember one of the mainstays of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, as he declared in Luke chapter 4, is I'm the what? I'm the healer of a broken heart. And one of the true, one of the true testimonies or signs of your broken heart being healed is you get your joy back. I mean, the first, I, I, I would say probably the first two to three years that we traveled in Ireland, which those three years probably would have encompassed at least nine trips because those first years I was going three times a year because the people were so hungry, nobody else was going there. But there was such depression. There were times in Ireland when the sun wouldn't shine for six or seven months. Now, in the wintertime, you got to understand, you go there in the spring and it's beautiful. Sun comes up about 6.30, goes down about 8.30 at night. But in the wintertime, in January, in the dead of the winter, the sun can come up at 8.39 in the morning and go down at 3.30 or 4. And then you have a society that's built on the pub. All, all of their society evolves around the pub. The children are raised in the pub. You meet your wife in the pub. You meet your husband in the And then you wonder why you have such a terrible life because you've built everything on Guinness. I'm telling you. Listen, I live that. I know what I'm talking about. Those people, it tears their lives to pieces. Then you come in and you begin to hear this, this message that you heard religiously and religiously, it did not build any kind of faith into you. Basically what it did, it scared you and controlled you. You were afraid of God. And then these crazy people come riding in from Texas and start telling you that God loves you. And God has a plan for your life. And He wants to heal you, spirit, soul, and body. And it just, it just blew them away. And so in being there during that time, the Spirit of God that was on me, it was like I would get off the plane in Dublin and I would be drunk from the time I got there to the time I left. I would be laughing, cutting up, telling jokes. I took all my Aggie jokes, turned them into Irish jokes. 
And then we would get in fellowship with people and that's the same thing. And that joy just began to get on. It just began to get on. And it began to heal them. I know, I know one pastor's wife, she was bedridden with depression. We went in their house, up their stairs and into her room and ran that stuff out of, here, out of there till she was up shouting, rejoicing and laughing and glorifying God. Listen, your attitude and the way you are, people get this, they kind of get this melancholy life going, you know, where they're kind of stoic. I've always liked the word melancholy. Amen. Face like a collie, head like a melon. <laughs> You know, we live in such dark times. There's such a need on there. The church is so dead. Uh, they're not filled. The people, are, no, who cares about all of that? The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is proof of our health and healing. And when you begin to realize that you've been redeemed and purchased by the blood of a God that loves you by sending His only begotten Son to die for you and raise you from, and raise from the dead to include you in the fullness of all of that that you'll live in for eternity, it's kind of hard to get depressed. Why do people get depressed? They don't live in it. So let me close with this. In the days and months and weeks ahead, you're going to be overwhelmed by one of two things. What's going, on, what's going on in the earth or what's going on in your heart. I'm telling you, you need to listen to what I'm saying. In the days, weeks, months, and few years we have left, you're going to have a great opportunity to just be overwhelmed by it all. Financially, medically, socially, you name it. Governments, wars, rumors of wars. What's going on in the Middle East? Everything's going to be, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to get crazy. And you can either laugh or cry. We went to SeaWorld in San Antonio. Breland was a little bitty. And uh, we, got in, we got in there, and there was hardly nobody there. School had already started, and I think Breland's school was starting a week later. So there's hardly anybody there. So I had this huge roller coaster. I wanted to go ride it. But there was no line at all. So I got in the line. I was standing there, and I saw this couple and this little boy. You know, he was just tall enough to fit under the line where you could ride it, you know. And they're talking to him, and he's talking, he's talking, his eyes were big. And, and so they kind of patted him on, the, and off he went. And so he and I were the only two. So they put us in the front car. <laughs> and so, you know, they closed that thing. And that thing starts going, tick, 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 tick. And so we get about three quarters of the way up, and he looks at me, and he says, Mister, do you think they'll let me off? <laughs> And I said, yes, sir, they will in about 45 seconds. <laughs> and we went to the top, and we came over the top, and we were both, Aah! and his, his screams began in terror. I could tell. I kind of felt for him. So I made sure my screams were in delight. And by the time we got about two or three turns, he was having the time of his life. Amen? Listen, we may be going up that click, 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 click right now, you got a choice. You can either scream or you can scream. <laughs> but when you see the plan of God in the Word of God and know that you're included in that even up to your own health and healing and the destiny of your life, and no matter what goes on on the earth in this time, God's got a provision for us. He's got a plan to keep us safe and healthy, to increase us in the midst of decrease, to move us forward when everybody else is moving back, and to revive in us the true spirit of God that he wants to use in these last days here in the earth to touch everyone else who's so freaked out about all this. 
So a merry heart. Everybody say a merry heart. Thank God we can get, you know, you get drunk, laugh, and all. But you know, there's something a little different with a merry heart. A merry heart is more than just an event in a church. A merry heart is something that you carry with you all the time. Where it's like you're holding the punchline to some joke that you know is real funny. You've got that look on your face like, <laughs> you know. You say, well, that things are serious, Pastor. People are suffering. Well, of course they are. It's horrible what's going on in the earth right now. I mean, this is the, the Bible. Jesus said of these days, there'll never be days like this uh, before or after. These are the days of days upon the earth. Amen. Whether we're, whether we're uh, uh, 24 hours from the rapture or whether we're 24 years from the rapture, these are still the days of days upon the earth. So we have to learn to live in the joy of God because what God has for us, as talked about in Romans chapter 14, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, that's his presentation of us to the world. Look at them. They're not panicking. They're not freaking out. They're not pouring gallons of alcohol down their throat, smoking bales of weed, doing this or doing that. The joy of the Lord is their strength. God is their confidence. The Word is their medicine. And a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Isn't that good? Lift your hands up and worship God. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, thank you for an adjustment in my heart where I begin to see things through your eyes, to observe things through your heart, to see myself in your covenant and your provision in my body by that which Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, purchased with his own blood and his broken body he purchased it that I might have it I declare myself the healed of God in my physical body I am the temple of the Holy Ghost you said Lord it was a treasure in an earthen vessel Lord in my earthen vessel there is decaying there is aging, there are disease, there are infections, there's injury, but my faith is in your word. My healing and my health is because of my Savior. I thank you tonight from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. In my flesh is a release of virtue and power coming out of my human spirit invigorating every organ, every gland healing and driving out of my body any and every disease or sickness I declare no disease, no sickness no infirmity has a right to live or abide in my body therefore I declare the word of God as my standard for healing and health. And I declare that by His stripes, I am healed. That that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells in me. The residue of the glory that raised Jesus from the dead is in my human spirit, literally. And I thank you out of that resurrection power. Every molecule of my body is touched by its power. 
in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. That puts a smile on my face. It gives me a merry heart. A merry heart. A merry heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, if you really are cultivating a merry heart, then you can be subject at any time <laughs> to spontaneous laughter, which could be based on any ridiculous thing that comes through your mind, thinking that that's not God. But many times, if you start yielding to something, taking one step in the flesh, it's amazing, it's amazing how you can get into the Spirit. We were just talking today. We just started laughing. I left the house with my wife laughing. <laughs> I guess I can be good or bad. <laughs> Amen. So I was somewhere the other day and I heard something so outlandishly crazy and it made me laugh and I laughed and laughed. And after I laughed, I thought, thank God for that healing power. Amen. So if, you, if you're cultivating a merry heart, there are things that may strike you as humorous because you may be seeing it now from another angle. Because there's a whole different view from an angle of victory than there is from an angle of attack or defeat. Amen. And so in this day and in this hour, people are looking for anybody they can get around that somehow lifts them instead of agreeing with what's bringing them down. I've talked to people that were perfect strangers that I didn't even know. And in, in, in 30 seconds of conversation, I had them smiling and laughing instead of them having me all melancholy. Head like a melon, face like a collie. Brother Hagen said, they get mule-faced. They get mule-faced like a mule chewing on briars. Now, that's pretty bitter, isn't it? So I don't want to be mule-faced because a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Hallelujah. Y'all ready to receive communion? Does everybody have their communion implements? If you don't, raise your hand and they'll bring you one real quick. We got some candidates right up here. Huh? Thank you, Lord. Now, the communion ordinance which God gives us. Remember, the two ordinances of the church are water baptism and communion. Both of them important. I know with communion, the celebration, communion is literally a celebration of the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because through His suffering, an accumulation of everything that was wrong with us took place. That's, you know, when you talk like that and those words come out of our human mouths, there's no way our minds are large enough to comprehend what we're really saying. That a being so glorious upon the earth and a plan of God being so perfect in its conception that he was able as a human being upon the earth to accumulate and assimilate all the pain, all the sickness, all the hurt that anyone there had 
and anyone in the future would have. And not only that, to pay a debt that an entire nation had run up over centuries through a covenant that they had through Abraham. Now, now that's just like no human could ever do that. That's, that's impossible. It took God to do that. It took God to create and it took God to redeem. Amen. Creation subject to the fall. Redemption not subject to the fall. Redemption overcomes the fall. Oh, that's so glorious. So every time we come together and we, we take these little, you know, these little uh, the juice and the little bread, the host, I think we call it, call it the host. Every time we do it, we have to make sure not to allow it to become ceremonial. We've seen some glorious things with water baptism. We, we used to do surf school down on the beach. We might need to start doing some surf schools again. They're fun. But several times we had some real awesome things happen in which we were just doing some water baptisms for a few of our folks. But people begin to gather around. We begin to tell them about Jesus and we baptize them. Now people, there's, there are people that are hungry out there. Amen. And let me just say this. Because I've heard people say things like this and always remember when you sow the seed of salvation into somebody's heart, it's not you that gives the increase. It's God that gives the increase. And I've had people say, well, you know, to go out and win souls and to tell people about Jesus all the time and pray with them and they don't come to your church, that's just a waste of time. Are you out of your mind? That's not a waste of time. That's crazy. I've been to all the churches around here. That's amazing. I love it. All of the churches are full of people that have come to Island Church at one time or another. Most of them got healed, delivered, saved, set free, and taught because I've had pastors come to me and say, man, you sure teach your people to serve. I tell them, no, they don't. The Word inspires them to do it. Amen? So you've got to understand, when we come together, and these, you know, religion, just it's just to them, I don't even want to talk about how they treat or how they act. It's ceremonial. It's, it's, and, and, that, and that makes it such a dry ceremony. So there's never really much, well, it's kind of, we just got to go through this. No, no, no. This is a celebration of God himself that came down in the form of a human being and allowed his body to be horribly, brutally tortured and mutilated. Not only physically, but his soul was vexed. And his spirit man was separated from God. When he cried out upon that cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was not the cry of somebody fixing to enter into paradise. That was the cry of somebody who was bearing the sin of the whole world and then fixing to bear their punishment. What a glorious God we serve. What a glorious God we serve. What a glorious God we serve. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we've read so many times, but still, we don't, wanna, we don't want it to be ritual. We want it to be intimate. Communion should be intimacy with God. In which several th things, as I am speaking, if you come to our communion service very much, you should kind of have, you should be able to, what do they call it? To multitask with your mind, in which in one part of your mind you're listening to me and you're listening to what I'm saying, you're thinking about what you're fixing to do with this, and then the other side of your mind, you're obeying the Word and you're judging yourself right now. You're going down through the list. You're saying, Father, search my heart. You're like David. Search me. See if there be any wicked way in me. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, in, thy, in, thy, in thy, uh, my, my strength and my Redeemer. Listen, 
It's amazing how if you make adjustments in your heart during times like this and just kind of cleanse the temple, how much more the Spirit of God can come into the temple and begin to work on, the, on behalf of your, of your life. You say, well, Pastor, I mean, I, I've messed up so many times, done the same thing over and over. Then you need to continually keep doing it until it takes hold in you and you're free from that in Jesus' name. I mean, God will stay with you if you won't quit. I said, God will stay with you if you don't give up. Amen. If you don't quit or give up, God will stay with you. That means you're always formulating in your mind a way to, to stand in deliverance, stand in healing, stand in the blessing of God and everything that God has said. You're making a decision. I'm standing in this. This is what I'm standing. This is my reality. This is what's real to me. Communion helps you to settle that in your own heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Apostle Paul writing to us here says, verse, I believe it's verse 23 there. I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that the Lord, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do ye in remembrance of me. Now, our word remember and this word remembrance our word remember is literally in its simplistic form means to revive or to bring back up into the, into the memory. Have you ever forgot something and recalled it later? You remembered it. Amen? This is not that word. This word is a covenant word which literally means to bring into reality or into remembrance that which was said when the covenant was cut. See, the covenant was cut between God and Jesus on that day in which he suffered. And we got in on it because he appeared in human flesh. Glory to God. But as he began to be tortured, it began in the garden. As he began, the Bible says, he began to sweat as it were great drops of blood. I've read different books that talk about the blood, that talk about the blood of Jesus and how that is an actual medical condition in which the, the, the literal stress that comes upon the mind, upon the emotion of a, of a horribly stressful event comes upon a person to literally the veins and little arteries around their temples begin to break and blood begins to run down their face. That's how Jesus anguished in the garden for over two hours of prayer. He had to wake the disciples up three times. Amen? My, my, my. Then when they took him, they pulled his beard out. They slapped him. They spit on him. They blindfolded him, said prophesied. What was he doing? He was taking the shame, the shame, all the shame of sin that man had been involved in since the fall of man, the shame of separation from God, the shame of theft and rape and, and war and murder and everything, all that, now all that shame, that shame. They were shaming God himself. He was taking our shame, the shame that sin produces. That's why we don't come to church guilty. He took our shame. And they dressed him in that robe and brought him over to the Roman, uh, where the Roman centurion, uh, where the hundred soldiers were there. And they began to mock him. They began to beat him and bruise him. He began to take that inward bruise, the iniquity that's in man's heart that motivates him to sin. He began to take on the iniquity of the whole world, began to come upon him right then and there. Then they took that cat of nine tails, a whip between seven and nine feet, in which they wove into the end bits of metal, bits of glass, and they whipped. The guy that whipped it was called the Roman lector was, is what he was called. He was an expert. He was proficient with the whip. 
and he could whip you into submission. And they would give 40 stripes as a sentence when it comes to sedition and murder. Because remember, he was not just taking our place, he was taking the place of a murderer named Barabbas. And he took the 39. 40 minus one for, for mercy. One for each and every category of medical disease and infirmity that comes upon the human race. Jesus took a stripe upon his back so that we might be healed. That was the suffering of his broken body. And when you put yourself in remembrance of that, especially according to the scriptures, that's why I tell people all the time, as you study the word of God, study that old covenant for inspiration, study the new covenant for inspiration, but walk in the gospels with Jesus. Go with him to the dusty shore of Galilee. Go with him to the, to the crowded streets of Jerusalem and hear the lepers scream, I'm whole, I'm healed. See it in your heart. See it in your mind. Imagine, walk in your imagination. See that woman with the issue of blood as she stood before him and told him all the truth. See blind Bartimaeus. Follow him in the way. See him taken, beaten and bruised. See his body broken. Take the host. Break it between your fingers. Father, we thank you for that body that was broken for us with great honor. Father, we give you our eternity. We give you our eternity to worship you, to magnify you, to glorify you, and to thank you because you saved us and you rescued us through the work of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, you took everything, all of our sin, all of our iniquity, all of our sickness, all of our bondage, all of our pain, and you bore it away so that we might be free. We love you with all of our hearts. We belong unto you and you alone. Savior, healer, baptizer in the Holy Ghost, soon coming King. We long to see you. As it said to pray in the book of Revelation, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Take of the bread. There is such significance to blood. The Bible speaks of life being in the blood. Jesus was unique in that his paternal makeup, the seed, the paternal seed, was not of a man present upon the earth, but it was of God in heaven. The Word was made flesh. Conception took place in the womb of a woman via the woman and the seed and the Word of God. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ manifesting on the earth, the Son of Almighty God. In His veins beat the blood, the only blood. Let me say it like this. The only blood type that could ever redeem mankind. There could be no sin in it. There could be no stain of iniquity there could be no presence of a foreign entity, Satan himself, demonic powers. Nothing else trying to draw life from it, but only the life of God himself. 
And when that blood began to run down his forehead and begin to run out of his body when he began to be whipped and when he was nailed to the cross, when that blood began to coagulate under the skin as he was bruised and the things that were torn out of his face, when they begin to bruise and they begin to coagulate and swell, that was not the blood of a human. That was the blood of our God. And however God did it, he did it. He gathered the blood necessary for Jesus to enter into the holy place, Hebrews chapter 9, one of the most holy scriptures in the Bible. Not by the blood of bulls and goats, by his own blood. He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. Could you imagine, could you imagine in your mind what that must have looked like as Jesus walked into the holy of holies and upon the mercy, 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 mercy seat of God, he poured his precious blood. And can you see the Father look to him and say, everybody that comes by the way of this blood comes straight to me. They can have my life and they can have our covenant. And they can live forever fulfilling the purposes of God to the pleasure of God and the light of the men and women that get to do it. Amen? Oh, the blood of Jesus. So many songs have been written, so many books. That scarlet thread that Rahab the harlot let out of the window. Amen? All of those blood sacrifices that took place in the temple, those spotless lambs that died by the multitude thousands, all of it looking forward to the day in which for the last time in eternity, someone would take blood, make a sacrifice, and secure something from God. And thank God it was our Savior that did it and he did it. And that blood is still on the mercy seat. And I know we talk about pleading the blood, but I got good news. The blood pleads for you. The blood pleads for you. For your salvation, your healing, your deliverance. And no matter what you may be fighting tonight in your mind or your flesh, the blood, the blood, the blood that is now your identity has given you a brand new bloodline. The bloodline of the healed, the bloodline of the redeemed, the bloodline of the prosperous. And I tell you, you can get started on this and get real happy real quick. Father, in the depth of our hearts, with all the thanksgiving we can muster as human beings upon the earth, and with the help of your spirit that abides and empowers, we thank you this night for the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus which cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness, which is the purchase price of the church, which through the blood we are healed, delivered, set free, and by the blood we're born again, birthed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, how we thank you. In great honor, thanksgiving in our hearts for the blood we receive of the cup. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands and thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't know about you, but I've received from God tonight. My, my, my. Just take a moment and worship God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. 
find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.